0: The Softball Insider Podcast with Bianca Chatfield. Thanks to Kumo Tyres. Kumo defines itself through innovation, quality and customer satisfaction. So your car will be better always when fitted with a set of Kumos. They take care of the tyres so you can focus on driving. Head to kumo.com.au to locate your nearest Kumo experts today.
1: A podcast thanks to Kumo's Tires. My name is Bianca Chatfield, and I'm really looking forward to over the next six months bringing you a podcast once a month. And this is all about softball, all about the players, all about getting an insight into the sport, what's been happening. We know in life we've all been going through a roller coaster ride thanks to COVID 19. But how are the athletes actually handling it themselves and what are softball doing as a sport to make sure that they can have, keep everybody included, to make sure that everybody continues to take part as soon as you can step back out there and play again. So I feel very fortunate that my first guest, and it seems quite fitting that we have this guest on first, Peter Edibone. She is a champion. And for all of you that know softball out there, you would have heard this name plenty of times. She's recently added OAM to her name, which is pretty special in itself. One of the best softballers we have ever seen in this country and described on many occasions while she was playing as one of the most courageous players out there in the field. 330 senior international games for Australia, three times Olympian She's been to three World Championships, International Hall of Famer. She captained the team as well. What hasn't Peter done? Peter, welcome to the podcast.
2: Oh, look, thanks so much for having me, Bianca. It's exciting to be here.
1: Uh, it is pretty exciting, but I want to touch on 2020 and what it's been like for you so far personally. It's been a roller coaster ride for me, but how have you been handling it and how have you been coping?
2: Well, that's a very open-ended question, that one. Um, <laughs> look, I guess I, like everybody else, are trying to cope with, uh, obviously, well, we're currently locked down here in uh, in Victoria, and uh, as of Thursday, we have to wear masks when we go outside and do all of those right things. I just, uh, you know, I would encourage that everybody do the right thing so we can actually get through this year unscathed and just get out of it as soon as possible. But, um, yeah, look, you know, look, I'm at home, I'm juggling uh, homeschooling of two kids Uh Two different um, ones at a private school, ones at a public school, so um, trying to deal with uh, their own technology issues and learning um, ways and, you know, WebEx and Zoom meetings for this and, you know, uh, Zoom gymnastics and Zoom, I don't know, music lessons, all of the above and um, me being a bit of a dinosaur with technology, we're not exactly friends, so uh, I'm learning as well. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at.
1: Let's talk about your life as an athlete. What do you think it's taught you and what's helping you in this kind of stage at the moment? You know, I know for me when I was back in my day when I played netball, there's so many little things that I've learned about having a routine and structure in my life that's helped me cope with, you know, what we've been faced with in 2020. Have you been able to have any similarities?
2: Oh, look, definitely. I mean, look, routine and structure are definitely important. It doesn't matter whether you're in business, sport, um, life in general. Um, Having that to fall back on, especially in in times like this, is certainly important. But um, it's also shown me that uh, not only do you need a a game A, you need a game B, C, D, E, F plan. (laughs) Because things just, you know, you just uh, try and keep things juggling and uh, you try and keep breathing and you try and keep your head above water. But, um, you know, somewhere along the line, you've also got to take, take time out for you and just have a bit of me time, which can be difficult at times. But um, it's very important just to, if you, if you can stick to a routine as much as possible, then it makes everybody's life a bit more happier and easier, I think.
1: Oh, it sure does. Let's talk about the Olympics because I believe it's 365 days until the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. And we know it was meant to be this year. And I saw the girls up close and personally in January when we had the Summer Slam and the Australian Pacific Cup and it was all so exciting around the team and their preparation for Tokyo Uh, can you imagine what it would be like having to deal with this at the moment and and the ups and downs that come with preparing your body mentally and physically to get ready for an Olympic Games?
2: Yeah, look, I I think for the girls, um, it it probably would have been a real letdown to actually know that they've um, put in place, put in structures like for training or their, all their regimes and things like that. They were focusing towards an end goal. And I guess that end goal was when the actual um, Olympics were starting. So, um, you know, now that that's sort of uh, been put on hold, I guess it's a bit of a reset for a lot of the girls. Um, but I also see it as an opportunity too. So maybe there are uh, girls out there that might have been injured at the time and it's giving them a little bit more time to um, recover from their injuries and get their bodies to where they want it to be in a year's time. Um, I guess maybe for some of the older players, it might mean that, OK, maybe I need to adjust my training regimes that I can't keep keep going uh, full pace for the next year. You know, you might just have to, you know, pull back on a few things and restructure the way that your training is going to be set out over the next year because obviously you don't want to get burnt out for the Olympics next year. So again, it's a bit of a juggling act and, um, you know, maybe they need to just peel things back a little bit and just go back to the basics again and refine all of those skills from the basics and then keep working their way up. They know that they've got another year, so work their way, plan their way, heading towards the, a year's time when the Olympics start.
1: And when I was looking into your career, then in preparation for the 1996 Olympics, I believe, was it? did you break your ankle just a couple of weeks out? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so how many weeks until <laughs> yeah. the actual Olympics did you break it?
2: Uh, it was only about four. I think we were up in a training camp up in Cairns and uh, a bit of a training mishap and I broke, uh, I broke my fifth metatarsal. Um, So I had to be flown back to Melbourne and uh, pretty much operated on straight away and had pins put in and stuff like that. But yeah, I literally only had like a, well, less than a month window before, you know, we were over at the Olympics and it was never guaranteed that I was ever going to play. It was very touch and go. I had to get clearances from medical staff and physios and things like that. But um, yeah, in the end, I made it. It wasn't ideal. But, um, you know, look, I still got there. I still got to play and for the team, we, uh, we all came away with a, with a bronze medal.
1: <laughs> but mentally, that must have been pretty tough, just having that pressure. Is it going to come off? Am I going to be able to recover in time? And, and that was your first Olympic Games as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, look, you know, I'm not kidding anyone. There were lots of tears. There was lots of doubt. There was lots of why me? There was lots of all of this. And, you know, you as an athlete um, need to go through all of that. I guess, and to get all of that, all of those emotions sort of out of your system. And then from, you know, you give yourself a point in time, I guess, to almost grieve, I suppose, that, you know, yeah. this is what's happening. And then you have to pull the trigger and go, okay, right, from now on, let's start our plan, you know, we've got to do all these these um, training things, all this physio work, all this massage work, just put it all in place, going back to that routine kind of thing and and you just set little steps and little goals that you try and achieve along the way. And some you do, some you don't. One step forward, two steps back. It's just, it, it all happens. And uh, yeah, as I said, I mean, look, I made it to the 96 Olympics, but then I had serious decisions to make about whether I would walk in the opening ceremony or whether I would forgo that and, um, you know, um, wait a few extra days to see if my foot had healed long enough for me to be able to to play.
1: Very so. wise words. You're very calming, in even the way you describe that. Were well, you a really calm athlete as well? Yeah. Look. I, look. I, I
2: guess um, I'm very even-keeled. Um, don't get me wrong. I do, you know, lose it at times, and you know, especially <laughs> when we people all. annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, look, I think overall, I'm very sort of even-keeled kind of person, and I'll, you know, take things in and, and process them myself, and you know, then try and figure out well what what's the best avenue for me to go down? Is it this A plan A, B, C or D? But um, yeah, generally the whole I'm just very even killed until people really annoy me and then I guess you know
1: <laughs> And then people go running then... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about the two thousand Olympic Games in Sydney. It must have been pretty special firstly to be a part of that. Uh, you know, in to be a in Australia, have all of the crowd cheering for you guys. And you had a pretty phenomenal tournament yourself. What was it like being in a home Olympics?
2: Uh, I think it's the absolute pinnacle. I mean, I know that the Olympics are the pinnacle, but I guess Mm. to play in front of your own country people and, you know, it gives people um, who are remotely interested in softball or absolutely love the game, it gave them an opportunity to come to Sydney and watch softball played at home in front of them. And it was so nice to hear all of their cheers and the crowds getting behind us. And, you know, because I guess for a lot of supporters and family and friends, um, a lot of times the team was spent overseas. So people didn't really get a chance to actually see us play. And uh, so that was was sort of like it was um, like a nice sort of payback for them to be able to come and watch us play and us put on a bit of a show for them and and they could really appreciate us and we could appreciate them being there.
1: And when you went to your third Olympic Games, you were captain of the team. Talk to me about that role that you played and was it extra pressure having the captaincy?
2: Um, Look, I don't think it's extra pressure because you do have a lot of people around you that, um, you know, come with a wealth of experience. So um, I, I think whilst the captain's the one that's standing up there delivering all the speeches and doing all of that, a lot actually happens behind the scenes as well that, that people don't probably get enough credit for. So whilst I might have been the spokesperson, there were a lot of people behind me that were supporting me, offering advice, um, you know, maybe saying, oh, I really don't agree with that, all of those <laughs> sorts of things. So, um, which is welcoming because that's how you succeed Um, as a team especially, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad and different options and different ideas and you see if they work and if they don't work and then I guess the overall call comes down to the captain and the coaches and things like that. But um, it's always welcoming to have a platform of people behind you to be able to source all that information from.
1: Oh, no doubt. And who were some of your biggest mentors that you had, uh, you know, supporting you and, and helping you during those times?
2: Well, oh, look, there were many players along the way that um, some of them had a lot more experience than what I did. Um, you know, you've had people like um, Sally McCready who's played a lot more games than what I have. Um, she's from the ACT. Um, people like Nat uh, Ward who started very young. I think she started when she was 18 in the Australian team and she's uh, racked up uh, well, uh, over 400 games before. You've now got Stacey Porter who's coming through who's over the, the 400 mark as well. I mean, there is so many people out there that uh, were able to offer advice along the way. Um, and, yeah, as I said, it was always welcoming to hear that because um, you'd rather hear different ideas coming through than not hear anything at all.
1: And so now when you have retired from playing softball, what what does life look like for you? What do you do for work? How did you manage that, um, I guess, finishing off your sporting career and moving into what we call the normal world, whatever that might be?
2: whatever's normal at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah that's right.
1: But,
2: but, well, I guess all throughout my softball career, um, I was working with the Australian Football League, so I was with them for nearly 23 years. So um, whilst I had a my sporting career, I also had uh, my work career was with the AFL, um, and they supported me all the way through my softball career, supported me going away to the Olympics and everything. So um, when I finished softball, um I continued on with the AFL for a while and um, actually went away with their AIS um, academies and things like that. Their are um, under 18 football academies and things. We toured South Africa and do places like that. And I was like a team manager for them. So that was really exciting. Um, and then uh, I guess the babies came along and I've uh, now got two kids and um, I took a bit of a break from the AFL and now I find myself... Um, Well, I guess before then, I also did about five or six years of coaching the Victorian team, assistant coaching there, uh, the softball team. Um, And then now, so um, I find myself uh, being a um, mum at home, homeschooling, two kids, probably failing year three maths and English, just quietly. (laughs) But um, (laughs) that's all good. (laughs) Thankfully for Google, I can look a lot of things up and go, oh, that's how you do it. But um, look that that's where I'm at at the moment so which is you know I I love being able to be at home with them and teach them and look it's not without its frustrations and it's you know hiccups of technology and all that kind of stuff as well but um, yeah being able to I guess help them get through this as well get through this COVID time without you know trying not to scare them or do anything like that just make it as normal as possible as it can be with homeschooling just to get them through.
1: And do you keep a close eye on what's going on with the Travelodge Aussie spirit?
2: Oh, absolutely. So um, I'm also part of their mentor program, which um, I've been mentoring a couple of their players um, all the way through. And uh, I definitely was watching in January whilst um, I wasn't able to get to Sydney and stuff like that. It was also nice to just watch it on Fox. So, um, yeah, so I try and keep uh, as up to date as possible. Um, But, yeah, I just uh, hope that softball getting coverage on like Fox Sports or things like that or whatever it's going to be on. I mean, that's just terrific because, again, it gives people all around Australia an opportunity to watch and see what these girls are up to and how well they're playing. So.
1: Oh, that's right. And, I mean, it was a huge eye-opener to me to be up in Sydney. I mean, how crazy do you think? We actually had crowds and it was an amazing atmosphere when we got to play the Summer Slam. What do you think of the Summer Slam? Is that something you wish that you could be a part of now?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, it goes for three innings and it's, you know, short, sharp, quick, in, out, exciting, lots of uh, long bombs over the fence. It's just constantly on the go kind of stuff. And I guess um, maybe for me as an older athlete, if it was still, you know, around when I was heading towards retirement it might have actually been a little bit easier on the body than standing out there for <laughs> <her> seven innings <laughs> you know what I mean but um no it looked, it looked really exciting on tv and it was um yeah it was great and fun to watch and I think you know just by the girls smiles it looked like they had a fantastic time and I must say that you and um Fiona Crawford did a wonderful job on the commentating. So well done. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you! I absolutely loved working with Fee. She was great. She kept us all under control. Her knowledge is amazing, but also the the best part for me was being able to interview the players and have them mic'd up while they were out there. Do you think you would have liked that? Would you have been able to speak to us and be playing at the same time?
2: Uh, probably not. I might have dropped a couple of expletives that you'd have to edit out. You know. <laughs> so um, no, I, look. That's probably more suited to some of the other girls than, I guess, my sort of temperament and things like that. And I, I guess you, you, a lot of the girls, are, um, the ones that were marked up were very vibrant and out there and, um, you know, <laughs> yes. loved all that kind of limelight. Whereas, you know, when I was playing, I was just kind of like, I'm just here to do my job and here I am and this is it kind of thing. But um, oh, no, the girls yeah. loved it and looked terrific. And, yeah, I just, uh, I would always laugh at Fee. I guess because she would have to carry a box around to stand on when she was just standing up next to yeah, you. She looked so I small.
1: <laughs> I know. That's Sorry, why I don't, <laughs> I don't think height is really going to help me out there playing softball, but it sure did help me out there on the netball court. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Peter. I really appreciate your time, your insights, and there's so much more we could chat about. So hopefully We can get you back on here or potentially get you up to Sydney or wherever the SummerSlam might be played again. I look forward to working alongside you. And it's a whole lot of fun in the softball world at the moment, that's for sure. And fingers crossed Tokyo gets up next year.
2: Yeah, don't we all? We all hope that. So, um, yes, let's uh, everybody do the right thing and get out of this COVID mess and then, uh, you know, everyone can get back to playing the game that they love, which would be uh, terrific to go and watch.
1: Well, you take care of yourself and good luck with all of that homeschooling.
2: Yeah, thanks so much.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) No problems. Now, we do need to get across to our next guest today. It's David Pryles, the CEO of Softball Australia. Now, Dave, I want to know firstly, how are you coping at the moment with this current state of the world?
0: Hi, Bianca. Yeah, we're, we're going well. Um, I would say a, a uh, homeschooling three kids, my wife, is doing a great job. Um, can't say that uh, I'm the best teacher in the world, but um, <laughs> it is what it is. I suppose you can only control what you can control.
1: I was just talking to Peter just about how crazy it is to think in January – that we had the Summer Slam and the Australia Pacific Cup and just so much energy around softball. And to see what's happened over the last few months, I'm sure you've been a very busy man. Can you sort of talk us through what you've had to go through uh, with the rescheduling of the Olympics and with all the athletes?
0: Yeah, it's obviously been a once in a lifetime, I suppose. But um, I kept on saying there's no guidebooks to to what we're going through. Um, the AOC were fantastic in their communication. Uh, probably the hardest Zoom call, and obviously you have about 10 Zoom calls a day, was <laughs> was with the squad, um, letting them know that it had been rescheduled. Um, I will say we are fortunate. The girls did a fantastic job in Shanghai last year to qualify. So um, there are sports out there and athletes who haven't qualified yet. Um, we're there. Uh, we're planning uh, as best we can um, for the best lead up we can. It's actually a... A year today till we play Japan. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I feel like the sport's in a really good, really good state. We've had a really good last two years um, with our broadcast coverages, with what we're doing at grassroots, and there's more to come. And um, with sponsorship, it's it's helped the uh, help the bank balance as well. So I'm pleased where we're at. Um, it could be worse.
1: Yeah, well, that's a very positive attitude to have. What was it like when you were telling the players on the Zoom call around what was happening? Uh, were the girls told to go off and just have a little bit of a break or how was it handled from their preparation point of view?
0: Yeah, our high-performance team has done a tremendous job led by Lang Harrow head coach, um, Simone Wern, our high-performance manager, and uh, Dee Anderson who, in the background who's who's probably been – the most overworked woman in softball the last six months. She's health and wellbeing. So um, they've broken it down into four-week blocks. Um, there are regular Zoom calls. Uh, there's regular chats um, as part of the AOC Gold, Medi- Gold Medal Ready program. So um, Kerry Pothouse is, um, from Beach Volleyball has spoken to the girls. I know um, they organised Cathy Freeman to speak to our uh, Indigenous athletes. That's Tani, Steptoe, Stacey Porter. Um, and Janice Blackman So that was fantastic as well So it's regular communication Regular Zoom calls And now the girls can obviously go out um, bar, bar Victoria and, and train in the DTE program
1: I wanted to ask you about Softball Batter Up What What is that program And what's it aiming to do?
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's our grassroots Junior grassroots program Aimed at um, kids, boys and girls Coming into softball for the first time So from ages 4 Uh, to about eight Uh, we've relaunched the softball batter up program Um, there's now a online store so any association across the country that wants to run a program uh, we're giving them a hundred dollar store credit um, to get them started Uh, and it's just a fun way of kids playing softball for the first time and and part of that is obviously t-ball and learning the basic skills and and we're just uh, we want people to come into our game at the age of four and stay till you know (laughs) to sixty,
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And and I believe there is a membership survey coming up with a KUMO offer.
0: Yeah, there is. We we're gonna come out to um all our sophomore members um in August uh, with a with a short survey. Just some information we want to know about getting back on base and their thoughts on the game and um thanks to KUMO Ties, one of our one of our partners, they're gonna put up um for one lucky winner. A $1,000 worth of uh, worth of tires. so that's a really good incentive for people to go on and um, complete the short survey that'll be coming out in August.
1: When you say short survey, how short are we talking? For everyone out there who's right. about to log on and go yeah. and do it, how long is it going to take them?
0: No longer than 10 minutes, because I know personally if it took me longer than 10 minutes, I probably wouldn't fill it out, but uh, no, very <laughs> short, um, concise survey.
1: Good to hear. I. W- If you can just sum up for all of us, because I know in all sports at the moment, it's so important that as the CEO, I imagine you would need as much intel as you can from every single person out there involved in softball or anyone who wants to get involved in softball. Is that right? Just to to help the sport continue and continue to develop?
0: It is, yeah. I mean, data for us is, is paramount in regards to making decisions. Uh, and that's what we do. We want to we want to listen to to our softball members out there and make decisions based on on their feedback. And um, you know, it's all well and good sitting at home in lockdown and and trying to come up with the best strategies possible. But if you if you're not listening to the members, then uh, it'll probably fall on deaf you. So that's uh, that's what we want to do. We want to listen to our members and um, act uh, accordingly, accordingly.
1: And Travel Lodge also, it's fantastic to hear they're continuing their sponsorship with the Aussie Spirit.
0: Yeah, that's great, Bianca. It's um they've been our major partner for the last two years and um yeah, I'm really, really pleased that um such a great great name and great brand has decided they want to recommit, especially at this time, which is obviously a really tough commercial time, specifically for hotels. Yeah. Uh we're not they're not getting the uh the foot traffic through. So I'm really pleased that um they're backing softball Australia. Softball is a sport and um obviously our national team, so I can't take them Um, highly enough and and when we get out of all of this that uh, I hope everyone can support them like they support softball.
1: And just before I let you go what's is there been a change of date with the national championships coming up?
0: Yeah so we've we've listened to our state bodies Um, the Gillies Shield uh, will remain the same and and that will be in the ACT. Um, The Open Men's will uh, with the World Championships now being postponed will um, will come into effect early 2021 rather than 2020, and that will be in South Australia. Um, but also with the junior uh, national championships, we're cognizant that um, people are looking at uh, what they spend on and also uh, and also the time. So we've reduced those national championships from six days to five days, um, trying to pack it in and, and try to save everyone a little bit of money in this time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave, for joining us. I really appreciate it. I know you are probably so busy at the moment. Like you said, eight to 10 Zoom calls a day, trying to homeschool or help homeschool as well. <laughs> Certainly not an easy time for anyone, but I really appreciate it. And no doubt we'll be getting you back on the podcast because there's nothing like going straight to the top for all the information that we may need. So we'll have you on speed, darling. We'll be calling you back again soon.
0: Thanks, Bianca. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it.
1: (laughs) No worries. Thanks so much, David. That has been our very first episode of the Softball Insider Podcast, thanks to Kumo Tyres. We will be back with more players to interview with more important softball information. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and we'll be back again with another episode soon.